Welcome to the Weather Insights Podcast. I'm meteorologist Scott Pitney, along with meteorologist Jeff Linder. Jeff, good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself? Well, I'm fine. Uh, you look healthy. Well, um, I'm finally getting there after, well, three weeks of... <coughs> And uh, still the cough. I can't get over the cough or nothing. Man, there's so, flu, COVID. It's just crazy out there right now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the weather's not helping. Well, you know, it's... Upper 70s today, and, you know, it's going to be 30, 40 degrees less than that in, in about 48 hours, right? I think we should do a podcast on that, because I just don't really know how much the weather really causes that. I think it's touching people. I, that's what I think. I think it's people touching people that gets everybody sick. So two, two meteorologists arguing let's, with a doctor? Let's, is just, that... let's just move on now. <laughs> let's just move on. All right. That is jo Dr. Lindner with his <laughs> thoughts on the flu. Oh, no. I've been educated in the flu shot because I had the flu shot, and then I got the, I got the flu, and I've been told, oh, and I just, I'm done with You're hearing, right. I'm just done with hearing everybody's opinion about it. You're right. And you kind of feel, oh, I do. I feel a little sick after getting it. And then I got my COVID shots, you know, a couple of years ago, whenever it broke <laughs> out in April, and then got COVID in July. In fact, it, it delayed my first on-air appearance. COVID did. Yes, sir. Yeah, nobody cares. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this gentleman cares because this gentleman is... Uh, well, we have a legend on the show tonight. We, we definitely Ooh. do. Yeah. Uh, who? <laughs> I mean, this, is, this, is, this might be our biggest show. <laughs> I, I can't believe he agreed to do it, honestly. Yeah, well, you see, so big. He I, hasn't actually done it yet. Well, that's true. <laughs> right where that one. <laughs> that is true. We better get started before I, I at least introduce him before he, he runs. Yeah. Tim Heller is not your typical talent coach and consultant. He is an award-winning AMS certified broadcast meteorologist with decades of major market on-air experience, which includes right here in H-Town, ABC 13 for many years. I was always a big fan watching him, and then I couldn't believe it. One, one day, I was on the phone with him. Oh. And he, he told me about an opening at a small market station here in Texas. And fast forward now, two and a half years later, and if it weren't for Tim Heller, this green screen wouldn't be behind me right now. And so there's hope for you too, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Are what you he's sure? Saying. Are you sure? I think that's what he's saying. I can, where, I where can connect those tomorrow. dots, Tim. So what, you, what you're saying is you need to call me on the phone, and, uh, <laughs> and then it, that, that solves all the problems, and we're good to go. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> so I, I answered this uh, email from Tim's company about Casala, and I'm like, I want to do it. And he's like, are you, in, uh, are you on TV now, kid? I'm like, no. Well, you can't. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know, back to school. And then I get an email from him just a couple days later, and he says, give me a call. I'm like, Man, Tim Heller wants me to call him? Man, this is okay. So I called him and yeah, he told me about a weekend position that opened up there, but they filled it. And uh uh but I talked to the station manager. He said, you know, uh we take interns and uh, anyway, a couple of months after that, that that happened and full circle. Then boy, then I got on TV and then Tim became my coach and that was pretty cool. So and welcome, you're Tim. Great. You're doing great. Oh, well, thank you. That means a lot. Right. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. My story is not that exciting. <laughs> anyways, um, well, Tim, Tim, we, you know, how long has it been since you retired from, from 13? Five years. Only five years. Oh, wow. Oh, it'll be six. It'll be six in January. Yeah. Wow. It seems longer than that. <laughs> I'm not saying that in a bad, good, or, you know, it just seems longer. It just seems, well, okay. 
You know, it's weird. I still get recognized by people. Like I yes. still, still, people still come up to me and say, I watch you every morning. And first of all, I never did mornings. So <laughs> you couldn't have watched me every morning. And I haven't been on TV for six years, but okay. So who who I, do they confuse you with? I don't know. I, I just, you know, at first I corrected people. And then after a while, I just like, yeah, I just like, okay, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for watching. That's a good point. I've, I've never found it uh, in your favor to correct anyone. You just roll no. with it. Yeah. No. yeah. Just roll with it. Just go, go with, with it. it and, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, okay. And so what you guys are saying, I could be, I could have been wrong many times and you're just not going to tell me. Oh, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Jeff, you get, you probably get recognized quite a bit. Yeah. And I just um, go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was eating with a friend one time. And this lady came up and was like, oh, hey, is this your dad? Oh, hey, your son. And I was like, we just went with it. We didn't even, <laughs> we didn't even try to correct that one. I got a, a quick story about that. So I'm, I'm, I've only been on TV, uh, you know, a dozen times in Victoria. And, and we go out after the 10 o'clock show and uh, the gang goes out and we're, you know, at this place in Victoria. And this um, girl comes up to me and she says, are you Scott Pitney? And I said, Got smile. I said, all right. My first per <laughs> recognition. I said, well, yes, I am. She goes, I thought so. She goes, I know your wife. It turned out to be my wife's cousin. Oh. <laughs> I forgot and a fan. Yeah. Well, fan. yeah. So anyway, well, all an almost sighting. Everyone starts somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. In Victoria, the, the, uh, not me, but the other people say they get noticed in HEB mostly. Oh, sure. Or, yeah. Yeah. The, you're a big, it'd like be a that. big deal down there. Cause you're, yeah. you're the, the local celebrity. There's only one TV station in Victoria. You're it. Right. Right. And so people are going to want, everybody's going to watch you. Yeah. Well, everybody that watches TV. Right. There's still a few. <laughs> Still yeah, we'll jump into that uh, here in a minute. Wait, wh where, where do you want to start? We've got some good questions. I think they are anyway. Yeah, they were listener questions. <laughs> listener they were? Questions? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, I mean, when we put out the legend was going to be on, it flooded the inbox. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I wouldn't uh, doubt that's that. It's good to all. know you have listeners. It's good. Well, we got a uh, we're couple. Work, we're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say, you might need a little coaching. I know somebody can help you. Yeah. You, you do it for free? <laughs> oh, no. This, this, this production oh, no. this production here is a low-budget production. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there would be too much coaching, Tim. I mean, if it's, you know, we, do, we don't have pockets that deep yet. Yet. Yeah. That's the key word. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, do you want to uh, ask the first question, Jeff? Yeah, let's be, let's be formal about it. Um, so, you know, you know, a lot of people, you know, TV, just like emergency management is a mystery. You know, there's this, there's this mystery about what goes on behind the scenes and, right. and, 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 you know, what go, you know, like, what are you really doing? What do you really know? And what are you not telling me? And so, right. you know, I, I think it'd be good to, <clears throat> for somebody like yourself, who's done this your entire career to talk about how you do a TV weather segment show on just a normal weather day where nothing bad is happening. Right. You know, how long does it take, you know, just, just walk us through a typical day in the life of a chief meteorologist. Well, I think every meteorologist, if they're worth their salt is always kind of forecasting the weather. They're kind of always, you know, looking at what the weather is. Um, so really your day starts even before you go into work. Because you can look at the models on on you know your home computer and your internet now. In fact, I almost prefer doing that because 
it allowed me to actually focus on the meteorology without the phone ringing and uh, you know people from production calling you and and just you know all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes and uh but then once you get to the station it's you, you know i worked when i was at abc 13 i did the afternoon evening shift so i was on at 5 6 and 10 and um you know so i'd go in about 132 o'clock we had uh Prior to the start of the, the, I think they now do a three o'clock newscast, but prior to the start of the three o'clock newscast, we had three o'clock as being the time that the forecast was going to be golden. We were, that's when we were going to set the forecast. So if I was working along somebody else, either Travis Herzog or David Tillman, three o'clock in the afternoon was the time that we were going to make sure the forecast was done. And I think once the three o'clock show started, we moved that up to 2.30. So by that point, we then had, we knew that that was going to be the forecast we're going to go on TV with. Uh, the some of the graphics would automatically be created once we put that data into the computer system. Other graphics we would need to manually create on our own. Um, I always had a moment every day at about three o'clock after we put the forecast to bed. Um, we, and by the way, once we came, once we figured out what the forecast would be, whoever was working, we would come together with a quick discussion about what's going on, what's going to be our essential message, what are we going to focus on in our newscast? Is there anything special we need to focus on? And, and then I would go and I would touch base with all of my producers. So I had a producer for five, a producer for six, a producer for 6.30, a producer for 10, had web producers, digital producers, executive producers. So I just go and I walk through the newsroom and just say, hi, touch, you know, check in with them. Is there anything, you know, that uh, in the weather that we need to be concerned about that you're talking about in news that we could tie into? Um and by the way, I should add to that, that somebody from the weather team was always part of the editorial meeting that happened about 1.30 with the news department. Um, that was usually whoever was doing the midday and the four o'clock newscast. And um, and so then we would start to produce the weathercast to figure out, okay, what's what are we going to put in each of our shows? Is there special graphics we need to make? Um, and you'd be surprised. All of a sudden, things start to roll around and, you, you know, we're recording stuff for, you know, social media and posting things there and, and you're on the air and you're going till seven o'clock and take a quick break and then you do it again for 10 o'clock. So yeah, the viewer only sees, you know, two or three minutes at a time, but there's, it's like, you never stop moving. Uh, you know, that Scott, from the minute you walk in the door, um, you are immediately in production mode, either producing the forecast or producing the graphics or producing content that is being distributed on TV or on social media or on your digital platforms. Yeah. I always like getting started at one and, and we didn't have that many newscasts. As you know, Tim, we have uh, five, six, nine, and 10, but I like it. And, and really, you know, uh, after you're, you're kind of done with producing the show, at least I am uh, by about four o'clock. And, and then I'm just kind of fine tuning things and maybe doing some little extra things that, you know, I wanted to get to, but I, I like, you know, just, I like getting there early. I don't want to be under pressure mm -hmm. and that's just on a normal day. Um, if, if there's something going on though, I'll, I'll get there, you know, as soon as I can. Um, yeah. I found that, I found that if I, if I put my news, if I put my weathercast together too early, they were never as good as when I put them together 15 minutes before the newscast started. Like well, I, especially feature cast because. Right. Well, yeah. Some, and, and I should say you know, yeah. a lot of that data is constantly changing. So once yeah. you have the forecast set, yeah. you're still going, you're still monitoring the data to make sure that nothing in the forecast needs to change. And that happens continuously. Right. Um, but you, you know, I, I would always like, 
I'd push almost to the last minute, putting the fine tune, you know, making the final adjustments on my content, just because I needed that kind of that personally, that energy, I don't know, that that last minute energy seemed to work for me on the air. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And uh, Max kind of the same way. You know, he, yeah. <laughs> Matt Perez down at uh, KVU. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Perez, our chief meteorologist at KVU. He's, uh, he's been doing it so long. He can do amazing things in five minutes. <laughs> well, the thing is, if you get it done too early, you're sitting there and you're, you know, you're reading emails, you get distracted, right? You start right. doing other stuff other than focusing on yeah. the weathercast that you have to deliver. And, you know, that rarely happened. There always used to be, there's always things going on, you know, <laughs> yeah. to we, keep you busy right up to the moment of news, news time. I remember one time, uh, and I, I know we, we we definitely, I know you have a lot of stories for us, but one short one on me was, you know, I was recording our CBS hit is about uh, a minute, 45 seconds or something like that. So I'm taking a lot of graphics out, especially current temps and stuff like that, because it's recording for later, but I forgot to turn on my graphics for the normal show. <laughs> and so mm. I'm like clicking away and boom, seven day comes up and I'm like, going through every temperature <laughs> that was the longest seven day I, I think it was uh around a minute or something like that but uh uh yeah so uh good point you know make sure you're uh at least that was a good lesson for me to make sure that i'm current with with my graphics and always check them right before i go on air oh yeah Never i always i always rehearsed um you know i was on the air for 35 years and i still would talk myself, would talk through the graphics before I'd go on the air. Um, especially if there was a, you know, if it was a, a tricky situation to try to explain, you know, it was not unusual for people to walk by the weather center and have and, and hear me talking to myself. And sometimes I'd actually stand up and do the hand gestures and everything. Like I just needed to be in that, that studio space. Um, and I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it, it, they used to say that you can tell a good reporter because they're sitting at their desk reading their script out loud and the same thing mm. with your news anchors the news anchors should be reading their script out loud not yeah. just reading it and and you know going through it in their head but actually saying those words out loud yeah. um there's something that happens in the brain that when you actually speak it helps you uh clarify what you want to say yeah that's a good tip i i need to get back to that i kind of got away from that and and i need to get back to that so jeff did that answer your question yeah oh absolutely <laughs> I mean, I intern. I did intern, so I, I kind of, I, 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 you know, and everybody. I think everybody has a little bit of a different way of how they do things. And, oh yeah. And in different state, you know, you know, personalities and all that type of stuff. But it, I, I just think there's this mystical part about TV, TV weather, um, and 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 all of that, and you know, but you know, that's that's the normal day. Now let's talk about the bad weather days. Right. Active, well, those active weather days. Yeah, that I mean, I, I mentioned before that you never really stop checking the forecast and updating it, but that's certainly the case when you've got active weather. Um, you know, in those cases, you're first thing you do is you wake up in the morning and you're checking to see if your forecast was right from the night before, if everything's still, you know, on target. But the amount of of hits usually goes up because now you got a first weather hit. There's a little bit more communication. You're still kind of doing the same thing. It's just that you're there's more internal communication happening, uh, as well as external. You're you're doing more on TV. You're doing more 
Um, you might be doing more updates for social media. Uh, maybe doing more updates for your digital platforms if you have some of those now. Um, so it's just doing more of everything. And of course, getting involved with uh, National Weather Service chat, monitoring the communication that's going on there. TV stations are part of what is called the Integrated Warning Team, which you, Jeff, of course, are part of with Harris County Flood Control District and, and staying connected with the Weather Service so that there's a consistent, cohesive message going out on all stations in terms of watches and warnings as they develop. So uh, TV stations are part of that too, in, in that communication. Yeah, you and, you and I have been on some uh, intense NWS chat times. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you, I tell you what, Jeff, you I always referred to you, and I think I've shared this with you in person too, that I always considered you the extra member of our weather team because mm-hmm. uh, you provided us so much information in terms of uh, you know, bayou levels and, you know, the we can look on your website and see, you know, what the water level is, but you would give us the insight of, hey, if it's at that level, we're starting to see some homes, you know, get flooded and, and the insights that you had about every particular bayou and ditch that's out there. I mean, you have an amazing wealth of knowledge that was always very helpful for us. And I, I, I don't know, I'll just publicly say I certainly appreciated it. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad it was helpful, you know? Oh, so definitely. So what, what do you think about, because a lot of people don't know this, but, you know, you and I are talking about an NWS chat chat platform that we have. Yeah. Now they've moved to this thing called Slack. Right. Have you used Slack? Because I'm, I'm not a working member of the media. I'm not part of that. Oh, wow. Oh. Right. I'm, I'm not a, as big of a fan of it as I was of the legacy platform. The mm. legacy platform was just... It was very clean. It was it was just very, you know, Tim could go in there and write a question and we could all see it and we could answer it. To me, Slack is more of like a Facebook, mm. almost like a, a, a an X or a Twitter mm. type platform where it's more, there's more words and you can have emojis and all this stuff and everything else. Um, but, you know, N- NWS chat is something that... Um, has gotten all of us through uh, some of the biggest events we've all faced here. You know, the, oh, yeah. the floods in 15, 16, and of course, Harvey and Imelda. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it's it's really a great tool for us to communicate behind the scenes quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to have your cell phone. You know, we all we can all text each other and do all that. But NWS chat is one of those things that it's, it's, just, it's always up. It's it's just always up and you can just scroll through it and look at the conversations that are going on and the thinking, like Tim was saying, the thinking behind when the weather service is thinking about issuing a warning. Mm-hmm. And I haven't done it yet, but they're thinking about it. Um, you know, what the bayous are doing, you know, what what the transportation partners are doing uh with respect to if you're in an ice situation, they're you know, they're they they have ice on one of the connector ramps and you can you can kind of get that information. And, you know, one of the biggest things I think that we all face in a big weather event is information mm-hmm. and it's, it's actionable, critical information at the right time. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that's, that's really the biggest thing because um, you, you kind of get into that. I don't know if this is, you know, the right term or whatever, but kind of the fog of war and oh, there's yeah. just so much information being thrown around and, you know, what's right, what's wrong. And occasionally there's there's wrong pieces of information that get out. Um, but yeah, NWS chat is, is one of the tools that has really grounded this area. And we have really good working groups between the Weather Service, 
the the emergency management officials and our TV meteorologists here. Uh, from what I've heard, it's not like that everywhere. Right. It's not like that right. in other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. But we're very fortunate, or you know, the, the residents of this area are very fortunate that we're all really working together. We really do. We all work really hard to try to get that consistent message out because when you don't get the consistent message out, bad things can happen. Yeah. But it allows the media too. Um, if, cause we get reports, we'll get emails, we get, you know, comments on social media, our reporters in the field will often identify things that are going on and we can then use the national weather service chat to send them a message saying, Hey, we heard about this, you know, can you confirm this? So that way we're not putting out information on the air uh, that may not be correct or may not be accurate. And, you know, so that's one of the benefits is that it's two-way communication where, you know, a lot of the, I'll call it the weather wire, the old fashioned weather wire, where, you know, it's, it's the, the discussions and the summaries and the forecast discussion that you get that, that you can now get online as well. But in the old days, the communication was always from the weather service to the media and, there was never that that communication back, and it was strictly from the weather service. Well, the the beauty of the integrated warning team is that it really is integrated with the media, first responders, national weather service, flood control. Uh, I think aren't there, aren't schools involved with that too, Jeff? There there's some, you know, it, it, emergency managers are are on their transportation partners. It, okay, yeah, they're. I think you hit the the three main ones would be TV media, national weather service, and emergency managers. Those are the three core. Mm -hmm. core groups but you got to think how many tv meteorologists there are for each station each one has an account there's national weather service and then each emergency manager in each jurisdiction so right. you're talking a couple hundred individuals right uh, that can potentially be on this um this thing um but it, I, you know while we're talking here i, I it kind of brought up the the question but when when does the weather take over and run it you know when when do you is it well i guess is there ever the point is it is it a harvey type level event or something like that where you're kind of running you know the chief meteorologist the weather team is running everything that's a great question um it because it just kind of happens um you know i think it's just the Sorry, the, the the story that's rattling in my head right now <laughs> is is the Fort Worth tornado of 2000. I'm on the air in Dallas at KDFW. Hmm. The Fort Worth tornado touches down, comes into downtown Fort Worth right at the top of the five o'clock newscast. And so right off the top, I'm calling the control room. Right, we're, I don't remember the programming we have on the air, but I said, top of the newscast, I need to be on immediately. And the producer says, okay. And so I get on and I'm like, we've got the tower cam, we've got the radar, we've got tornado confirmed on the ground, tracking into Tarrant County, into Fort Worth. And I hear rap in my ear. <laughs> and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. We got a tornado on the ground coming into the, one of our largest cities and you're telling me rap. And I just kept going and I hear it again, rap. And <laughs> I'm like, there's no way I'm rapping. There's no way I'm rapping. And so I take out my earpiece because I'm like, I'm not listening to this. And if she doesn't get it, we've got a big situation here. And then the and then the floor director, at the time we had floor directors, 
comes over and he gets in my line of sight while I'm on TV. And he is like giving me the rap that he's shaking his head going like, this is the stupidest thing, shaking his head. And so I quickly, and, and the, the weather center was in the newsroom at KDFW. So I I did a quick thing. I said, okay, listen, we're gathering some new information. We will be uh, right back with you as we get some new information of what's happening in Fort Worth. Stay with us. I waited for the red light to go off and I screamed at the top of my lungs to the news director. I said, she effing wrapped me. <laughs> and they took off, ran upstairs. Next thing I hear the news director, or the assistant news director in my ear. I don't think I swore. I don't think I swore. I, I, I'm pretty good about not swearing when the microphone, when I'm wearing a microphone. That definitely like, adds I was to mad. Story. I was so yeah, mad. I like it though. And, uh, Let's just say you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the next thing I hear is the news director, the assistant news director's voice in my ear saying, okay, we're coming to you. Stay with it. And we just stayed with it. But I got to tell you, that was the only time where we had to kind of, um, no, there was actually another time in Harvey. <laughs> there was, a, there was, there was a, another time uh, that was uh, in Harvey. And this was very early on in the storm. And it was the same situation. And I got a wrap and, and we've got flooding going on. We got stuff all over the radar. And I, I turned to the camera and find out I'm like doing radar tracking. And I turned to the camera and I said, I will wrap when I'm done, <laughs> which was a message to the control room. Well, the, the guys in the control room loved it, took that little sound bite and saved it. So Throughout my entire time that when I was at uh, ABC 13, I occasionally I would be, you know, getting ready to go on the air and they would pipe that into my ear. I will rap when I'm done. <laughs> so that's on your reel, Tim? It, well, and you know, what's weird is like, I, I ran into some people in the public, not, you know, later and there, you know, more than once I had somebody come up and say, that was so cool when you yelled at them. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> like it really wasn't cool, but thanks. <laughs> so, so what's the reasoning behind behind that? Did they just not understand, or was there something else going on, or were they just not getting the situation? Or I, you know, what, look, what, the producers are. It, it is a job I would not want to have because mm. they, they, um, you know, they've got requirements that they've got to hit commercial breaks at certain time. So that has been beat into their head. You got to hit the commercial breaks. Um, you know, they've spent all day writing a newscast and now the weather guy comes up and says, hey, I'm going to take six minutes to do a weather hit mm -hmm. <laughs> that you hadn't planned on. Yeah. Um, and and I and so I just think it's and, and they're also not necessarily listening because they like you're wearing headphones right now. They're wearing headphones there. There's conversation happening while we're on TV. That is a completely different conversation. And it's a conversation between the producer, the director. It could be the assistant news director or the management might be involved in that conversation, too. But there's people talking. So they're not necessarily listening to what's going on on TV. And uh, and I think that was the case in the Harvey situation is that there was so much going on behind the scenes and they probably had a reporter that they needed to get to for whatever reason. And, you know, here I am just John, my, you know, <laughs> going on and on about the storm. Rightly so, by the way, I point out. Yeah, so so sure. talk us through how how you work with your your weather team in, mm -hmm. in something like a Harvey or her, something that's a multi-day Right. event because obviously you know like we all do in this business we all go until we just really can't anymore right um you know we all say we're going to run 12-hour shifts and then it's 18 hours and you know whatever sure. but how, how, how do y'all staff for that how do y'all prepare for that 
you know, sleep there, eat there? It starts days before. Um, it, it, well, and really, it it starts before there's ever a storm. I mean, we established when it was at ABC 13, we had a system where at the end of your shift, you always did a complete forecast discussion and sent it to the next shift. Um, or actually sent it to the whole weather team. So that way everybody was kind of in on what you put on TV. So it wasn't just sharing what we put, what was on the forecast sheet, but the discussion. And it might be, it might be things like, you know, the model's trending wetter. We may have to increase the chance of rain. Um, you know, storms look to be stronger, might need to do an alert day or whatever. Um, but, uh, which we'll come back to. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Just thought I'd drop that in there. You know, said, Scott, I just dropped it in there. A little teaser. <laughs> Alert day's coming up, everybody. Here we go. Stay tuned. But, uh, but it's, so it's important to have that communication established every single day because there will be events that'll pop up and they're, they don't have to be severe weather. They could be small, uh, short-term events that are still disruptive to your community. And having the communication system set up ahead of time is important. Now, big events like a hurricane, obviously, you know, it's coming in. Uh, we would, I would, I, because being the chief, I would do the scheduling. And so I would schedule people 12 hour shifts, trying to keep them so that they always were on their normal shift. So, uh, you know, if Lita is doing the weather in the morning, I made sure that she would be there to cover her morning shift. And then she would have some extra time before that shift and some extra time after, but we always overlapped as well. So that way, when somebody new was coming in, they had, I always gave them about an hour of prep time um, just to kind of get up to speed about what's going on. And of course we would talk there in the weather center. It wasn't like we were living in silos, but we would have communication saying, you know, this is what, this is, this is the message we're putting out. This is what we, you know, this is the, the thing we're stressing right now. And so there was a lot of uh, behind the scenes communication that would happen, but it was usually 12 hour shifts, but you're right, Jeff, you know, uh, especially if you're sleeping there, uh, and staying there, which most of us did, you can't turn it off. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it, there's no way you can walk away from an ongoing storm. Um, and and mm -hmm. when you have the 12 hour shifts, is that two or one or how many, how many do you have working on a shift during a, during, during like a Harvey or an Imelda or something like that? We always had two people on two. Okay. Two on, um, and we would divide up the workflow. So that way, you know, uh, for example, there was one time David Tillman was over in the weather center. So I had him covering the watches and warnings while I worked the radar in front of the, the big screen. And I could see him from where I stood. So anytime that there was a new warning, he raised his hand. I would casually just then transition to David. David would take over, do the watch in the morning, toss it back to me. And so it was, but, and, you know, and that is key, knowing who you're working with and trusting them. So that way you can throw it back and forth. But it's also the planning ahead of time. You're going to cover right. this. I'm going to cover that. That way we're not being repetitive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you do that for five days and it becomes easy after a while. <laughs> yeah. Did y'all um, have meetings? Like we had meetings in April, Tim, where, you know, news director said, okay, we're getting close to hurricane season and, and, you know, it's going to be all hands on deck. And it was just kind of a pre hurricane season meeting about, mm -hmm. you know, staffing and that kind of stuff. Did y'all do the same? But we did because we, we produced hurricane specials and things like that. So yeah. there would be meetings around that. And, you know, we did a lot of, I mean, there was never a shortage of communication. I mean, that's mm -hmm. to me, it was the biggest thing is we got to, we got to be talking to each other. Mm -hmm. um, I've got some clients now that do a lot of, um, you know, texting, they've got like a, a text string. And mm -hmm. so they don't necessarily, you know, do send out long emails and, and 
you know, as you know, we get a lot of emails and it's just one more you got to read. Right. Um, and then that particular team, they find it to be more beneficial just to do quick text with each other. And and it works. It works well for them. I've got others who are using Google Docs and that way you can access it from home and see what the current forecast is, the current thinking. And, um, um, you know, and it's not just about the forecast. It's also about the data is the data are we, you know, is the European faster or slower? Are we watching the, you know, is, is there, what did I see in the data that you might've missed kind of thing? Um, and so they're using Google docs and that way, and they put the, the freshest discussion at the top and that way everybody goes to the same document and they can see uh, what the, what the, I, the message is from the whole team. Yeah. There's consistency throughout yeah, the day. Exactly. You know, we do it the old school way. The Met writes it out and the next met reads it sometimes in handwriting <laughs> i've seen i've seen some of your discussions you people like write it out like literally <laughs> well uh, i'm uh, since i'm freelance part-time i'm not so much but yes we do <laughs> well that was one of the questions i had because you know this you sound like a well-oiled almost national weather service type team at where you were at abc mm. now that you're in the consulting world and you get to see different stations across the country how 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 does what you just described compare contrast to other places and what you've seen is it is it mainly just a staffing type situation they, they just maybe don't have the same amount of staff or market size uh, some, or whatever? in some cases it is uh you know especially some i got a couple smaller markets um where you know it's they don't have the luxury of having two people on the air at the same time um you know and they're they're lucky to have one um you know, because they're really uh, short staff. They might only have two or three people in total. Um, and so, yeah, and so some cases it's a staffing issue, which makes the communication even more important because right. you don't see each other ever, uh, right. you know, because in maybe 10 minutes in passing, if that. Um, but there's Christmas, a lot of times. Christmas party. Yeah. But there's a lot of times that the weather center is empty <laughs> yeah, uh, because the morning true. shift has left and the afternoon yeah. shift hasn't come in yet. Yeah. Um, and so communication becomes very important, um, you know, and some of it is, you know, I'm working with uh, some meteorologists that are early in their career and they just haven't been exposed to, um, you know, big weather events. And so it's it's getting them geared up and thinking, being more proactive. And really, that's what it is. It's become it's being proactive and being ready uh, is it's easier to pull back the team and say, OK, hey, we don't need to do the 12 hour shifts back to normal now um and you know and in, in some cases you it, it you know it's easier it's easier to pull back than it is to ramp up at the last minute yeah i think you got to have a guy or a lady in charge you know you got to have somebody calling the shots and communication is yeah you can't have enough of it it's, and that's right. that's the role of the chief correct to kind of set the it, schedule make the the Yes. Make the decisions and all that kind in of most, stuff. In most cases, it is. Um, I've worked, I've got one station I'm working with where they've got an executive producer uh, who works with the entire weather team and she does scheduling for them. And then I've got another station where uh, it's really a team effort. There's no chief meteorologist and they just all have figured out what they're, you know, who does what and it works really well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so it depends on it depends on the dynamics of the team too. Some our, teams need a little bit more direction. Yeah, our news director makes our schedules. Mm. Yeah. So, are we uh, ready to take that jump? Uh, so, uh, which, which question uh, seven? 
Other alert. Other alert. Other alert. Y'all go ahead. Well, no, Tim, Tim and I have talked about this at length, and uh, he he, uh, yeah, very respectfully. I think you really have one. to des- you have to describe Jeff's face right now for the people that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't he have to. Shaking his head, this is rolling saying, his this, eyes. This is a video podcast. Here's, so here's, the, here's the thing. I'm seven days from just going through this. We just went through this seven days ago. Um, and it's very fresh. It's very raw for me right now because we had some, and, and, and you know, the, this, the discussion is, is surrounding weather alert days, storm alert days, what what are the, what is there anything else? Am I missing anything else? Alert days, possible alert days. No, right. is that a thing? That's a yeah. thing. And the ramifications right. of that that go beyond the TV studio and it's a weather alert day. See, because when the weather service issues a severe thunderstorm watch or a flash flood watch. This is an official product. A weather alert day is a TV stations, and I may be completely wrong here, but it's a TV stations line of thinking for whatever reason. I don't know what the criteria is, you know, for the weather service, there's criteria for issuing products. But I don't always know what the criteria is or anybody knows what the criteria is for a weather alert day, storm alert day, possible, maybe. There is not a criteria. Well, not, not a specific criteria. So, and, and hence the issue. Yeah. So uh, take it from there, Tim. <laughs> oh, are we out of time? I'm, just, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is getting late. It's just fun to wrap this on. Up. You know, I've already said it. Yeah, know, clearly. So, no, well, well uh, stated and good question, Jeff. Good topic to talk about. There, it is. I think it's a, a relevant topic. Um, I think it's interesting that the Weather Service is going through an evaluation process right now where they are removing a lot of the advisories, or at least yeah. they plan to. So they're trying to simplify the whole watch warning process, right? And then TV stations come along and they decide, hey, we're going to start issuing weather alert days. Uh, I, full disclosure here, I do have many of my stations, not all of them, but many of the stations I work with do issue weather alert days. And I've been involved in the discussions about what the criteria should be. And I'll share with you some of the coaching that I give to my own clients, if that would help here. And number one is we have to communicate why we are issuing the weather alert day. Uh, And it doesn't necessarily have to be for severe weather. It could be for weather that is going to be disruptive to your plans. Ultimately, our goal is the bigger picture goal here, keep our community safe, help people live happy, healthy lives. I mean, that's basically what why we do what we do. And so if there's weather that's going to be impactful, that could cause you to change your plans, at least that's what I tell my clients, that would justify the issuing of an alert day. So yeah, it could be the first freeze of the season. It could be... Um, dense fog, you know, dense sea fog coming in. It doesn't necessarily have to warrant a warning from the weather service. It could be just weather that is impactful. It could be, in some cases, extremely high levels of pollen coming in, uh, be kind of, a, a, you know, a cold front that we get in January, you know, when the when the mountain cedar blows in. And it just could be an alert day to let people know that, hey, your, your allergy levels are going to skyrocket starting Tuesday. Uh, so, Communicating to the viewer is important why you're doing a weather alert day. And then secondly, 
the delivery is important. There's a difference between weather alert and weather alert and weather alert. And that's comes down to the delivery. Uh, and, and I, and I, and depending on what level, I mean, you don't have to be at a level 10 every time that there's a weather alert issue. Uh, you can have a, you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to have levels of weather alert because then it gets even more confusing in there. But, you know, it comes down to the delivery of the meteorologist and the weather team and how big of a deal are you making it? And I, I will say this too, that, and and this is maybe rationalizing the issuing of the weather alert days a little bit there, that the three of us, and I'm going to assume that many of the people that are listening to this weather podcast are very active listeners and viewers of weather information. Like we know, already know about the storm coming in uh, over the weekend, and we've already got an idea of you know the timing of that, and we've already maybe even looked at models ourselves. And we are very active listeners, active viewers. The average person is not. The average person watches maybe one or two newscasts per week. That's it. And they might get a forecast from their watch that shows a little thunderstorm icon. And they might get, you know, their outlook uh, on their email system shows a little forecast when they send out an email or schedule an event. And the same thing that's on your phone. I've got a bathroom scale that gives me my forecast. It's crazy. Uh, Hmm. So people are getting forecast information, but they're not getting it all. So the issuing of a weather alert day, just to tell them that, hey, the weather is potentially impactful on Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, or whatever it is, um, I, I think that I think there's value in that. But again, it comes down to the delivery. Are you ramping up to a level ten every single time? Because if you do that, you're crying wolf, and you know schools are going to start shutting early, and it may be for nothing. That's a you know the crying wolf. Um, so breaking news used to mean something to me. I mean, twenty right. years ago when I'd see breaking news, I'd like turn to the TV. What's going on now? It's almost at the beginning right. of every newscast. Yeah. Every Yeah. Are, are we going there with alert days? I think you have to be careful. Um, yeah, I think there's that potential there. Uh, and I think it's, it. I, I just think you have to be, every market's different. I mean, I, I'm yeah. sitting here and I'm trying to justify, and I've got some markets in the Pacific Northwest. I've got some markets in the Southeast. I've got some in the Midwest. You know, and so they all have slightly different criteria what they're going to use to issue an alert day. For my markets in the Pacific Northwest, they might issue an alert day for smoke. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's not going to be any. There's not going to be an advisory from the Weather Service unless it becomes a, a health thing, you know, a, a pollution or an air quality issue. But the smoke uh, is impactful, and so if they've got smoke blowing in their skies from distant wildfires or even nearby wildfires. Uh, they would issue an alert day just to let people know that, hey, this could be a problem for people with respiratory issues, could even be a visibility problem, depending on where you're driving. Um, And so, but that kind of criteria wouldn't necessarily be the same criteria that they're going to use here in Texas, because we don't have the wildfire issue. Well, as much as they do in the West. Sure. Let let me ask you a question about, there's the weather alert day and all that, storm day, whatever. And then there's the graphics that go with it. Right. And the graphics seem to be almost scary right now. Right. Re- regardless. And, and the, the reason I bring this up is because I, I, I had two people uh, mention to me a couple days ago when we had when we had some weather um, 
that the graphics just were so much they they look scary you know you got the lightning and the and the and yeah. the rains blowing and the tree limbs falling and you know it just looks it looks like you know a, a, a movie you know it looks like twister on the tv and is it you know you what you just said how how you say it but there's also how you show it absolutely and absolutely. you know it's all red it's red yeah. yeah danger instead of blue or whatever or black or whatever green or whatever it normally is are and you now, suggesting there maybe should be different colors for different levels of alert day like well, tim I, was talking well, about with the well, voice no, no, maybe you could do, do that we're, we're just it's just gonna <laughs> see was say mean, i pitched that, that idea to tim a few weeks ago well, just, he responded the same way <laughs> I just think people see that and, it, you know, they, they don't necessarily really listen to what's being said. It's just like, God, right. this looks horrible. Mm. Right? This looks, yeah. yeah. this is like red. Cause you know, it used to be the only red you would ever see is the scroll on the bottom of the TV when you right. had a warning issue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, not everything's red. The whole screen's red. Mm -hmm. And is, is it just to the, we're getting to the point with TV graphics and everything that we, you know, you can do a lot now. You right. know, you look at what the Weather Channel does, and I mean, they can do, they can practically put a hurricane in your in your in your right. room. Yeah. And so, is it just getting so real that that the visuals are are saying more sometimes than the words? Yeah, I, th I think I think that is a valid point. That um, I think sometimes we're a little lazy, and I'm speaking generally in the broadcast meteorology community about no specific station or person. But I think sometimes we're just a little lazy. You know, this is the background we use for storms. Uh, this is the background we use for you know for severe weather. But but you're right that uh, that all of that is part of the communication. It's not just what we say, not just how we say it, but how we visually present that as well. Because again, people are passive viewers they're only half listening to what we say they're only listening a couple of times a week and it's the impression they get for that brief 12 seconds that that graphics on the screen is that you know all hell's going to break loose uh or it's just going to be a day i need to pay attention to the weather and there's a big difference between the two does that so make what, you feel so any happen, better so what no. happens to what happens to stations that just don't do it you know they don't do it so you don't you know none of you know we don't know the general viewing public doesn't know if a station does weather alert days or doesn't do weather alert alert days and, and so for oh those yes that, you will they're going to promote the well, hell out of it are you kidding <laughs> but my point is for those that don't do it you don't know if they're just not issuing it right right or they don't do it. It's it's up to the <laughs> I, do think, okay. I think that it you, you, you bring up a valid point yeah, that, yeah. There's, that, you know, for watches and warnings, there's a very this gets back to the integrated warning team we were talking about for watches mm -hmm. and warnings. There's a very consistent terminology we use. There's very, you know, because of the weather service, everything is, is very specific, um, you know, what warrants a particular type of warning to be issued and that's all written out and there's a you know many uh manuals that have been written about this is when you're going to issue this type of warning and and it's very consistent it doesn't matter if you watch channel 2 or 13 or 11 or 9 or 40 you're, they're all going to tornado warning means the same thing weather alert there's no consistency there from station to station or within the market from market to market because you could go you know, from Houston to Dallas and the criteria in Dallas may be completely different. I do think that that, you know, that, yeah, there is a communication issue there. Yeah. And always 
I hear, you know, on TV, they're mimicking SPCs, you know, the, um, well, it's marginal. So it's a one out of five, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to quantify it with numbers, but mm-hmm. they never, they mean, meaning me, we don't explain what one out of five means. Right. And, and, and it can mean different, uh, there's different numbers for, for all the, uh, components of severe weather too: hail, damaging winds, tornadoes. Uh, but you know, you, you really don't have time in a three minute, um, hit to go over all that. Well, I can yeah. remember, you know, people made fun of the weather channel when they decided to ish- start issuing the Torcon. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. I can remember reading comments on social media. Oh, there's a Torcon. You know, what's that mean? <laughs> well, now every TV station does a scale of one to five, which is basically the Torcon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, number systems seem to be universal. I mean, if you look at our hurricane scale right. and, and, you know, SPC, you know, you'll never see it from SPC, but even the local weather service WFOs, you know, they'll, they'll mention it's a one out of five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you just got to be careful that you, you don't get into the thinking of, well, one, twos and threes aren't eh, whatever. I'm not going to worry right. about it because it's low on right. the scale. Well, I mean, you can have a tornado in a three out of five day. Oh, we had we had an F zero EF zero in in uh, Edna on a marginal risk day, right? You know, a two percent chance, and so it can yeah. it can happen. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, this is a whole debate with the Saffir Simpson scale and all that is the numbering system and everything. So, well, I think I think that's the in that the part of the weather alert day that kind of covers that, and that it it doesn't necessarily have to be you know, specific criteria, you know, a scale of one to, you know, scale of one to 10, we're at a two or, you know, one to five, we're at a two. So now we're going to issue the alert day. It could just be that we're going to issue an alert day because there's a potential for disruptive weather. And then you get into the specifics. But I really, I mean, a large part of that comes down to how that message is delivered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to let things catch up um to the the public to understand it it just takes time sometimes for people to they have to see it over and over and over again for it to start meaning something one of the things is consistency Mm -hmm. you know like this is Mm -hmm. the whole point of the iwt we're saying we're all saying the same thing consistency right and when you have some saying this and you have others saying something else that's where it gets a little confusing and Mm -hmm. i'm and i'm almost like is this a slippery slope we're going to go down Right. Okay, well, every TV station now is going to have their version of the weather alert day. And then counties and then emergency managers are going to have something. Right. And and then you have the weather service. And at some point, we've, we've almost gone backwards right. to the point where everybody has their own thing and nobody knows what to listen to. That's a good segue into this. <laughs> I, I, I like th- I like this question right here. I think these are all valid arguments. We, 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 yeah. we can circle back to alert days because if you're not done, Jeff. But oh, I, I'm, I, done. I, I'm done. <laughs> uh, Tim, what's your opinion on the role of social media and weather and the large amounts of bad information? Well, I think people are finally waking up and realizing that social media is full of bad information. <laughs> except for uh, the Spring Branch weather guy. Oh, yes. Except for that. Yes. Um <laughs> <laughs> the plug. Well, and, and the Harris County Flood Control District. And the which, Harris County Weather was, Insights I, I, brought to you by Spring Branch Weather Guy. I was getting to the Harris County Flood Control <laughs> too. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> we digress. So, um, 
Yeah, it, it's people are catching on. They, I think they are, and they're still. I mean, there's. This has been a problem for well since social media started. You know, we we in the weather community, we've got a term for these amateur meteorologists. We call them social meteorologists. And, you know, the ones that are sitting there and, um, you know, producing content in their, in their spare bedroom. And, uh, but at the same time, there's some out there that are pretty darn good, you know, and that they're actually producing better content in some cases than some local TV stations. So in some cases, I think actually the competition's good. There's a guy up in Dallas, I know, that has this, I mean, a whole setup, uh, a couple of them actually up in Dallas that have a, a, a studio setup and they, they're doing better TV on YouTube than the TV stations are doing on TV. And, um, and, and by the way, the TV stations should be doing that. And, but yeah, there's a lot of bad information out there. I don't think there's any, it, it, it's like, but weather's not the only uh, bad source or weather's not the only thing that suffers from that. It's all, there's so much bad information and inaccurate information. I'm just glad that most TV stations have finally woken up and have stopped pushing out so much content on social media that I never understood the idea of giving away your content for free on social media, on a platform that you can't control, you can't monetize. And so now at least most of my clients, I can tell you, we talk very little about social media. The focus is on the station platforms, the web page, the mobile app, the streaming platform, because that's what we can control. That's what we can monetize. And we don't have to worry about bad information uh, being, uh, you know, that our message is surrounded by other information that's not necessarily as accurate. Yeah. But you got to be a go-to for people. Right. You right. Know, you you got to be a go-to. So, you, get, you yeah, you're right. You're always competing with that. What is the future of TV weather and TV news in general, Tim? Mm -hmm. Where do you see it going? I think AI has got to be part of the conversation. Um, you know, I've been experimenting with some AI myself lately, just as if I was, you know, on air, what, how would I be using that? Um, you know, it's, I think it can be a great tool to help the meteorologist. Uh, I think it, eventually could be a tool that will help the meteorologist not only analyze the weather, but potentially help them forecast the weather. Imagine, and, and also help uh, produce content and then, and, and then distribute that content. But imagine this, imagine that you come into work, Scott, and you sign onto the computer. And the first thing that pops up is a AI analyzed screen that immediately points you to the weather pattern Saturday because that's the most impactful event for your area. And so, and it gives you all, it gives you, you know, it shows you that you need to check out the 500 millibar level and look at the vorticity level here and make sure you check the P watts. And it has the SKU-T already loaded for you because it knows this is what you need as a meteorologist to analyze. You don't need to worry about the partly cloudy sky and the temperature of 72. That's, you're wasting your time on those uh, days where the weather's near normal and there's nothing impactful out of that. The models are going to do a really good job of forecasting that. But imagine AI doing the analysis for you and saying, hey, watch this period, look at that, look at this data. And you do that and AI shows you what it has come up with for a forecast. You go in and after your analysis, you tweak some of the numbers, you hit publish and your website updates your streaming platform updates, your 
social media automatically updates, and on another computer screen, all of your weather hits that you're going to go on TV suddenly populate with content that will help you deliver the message based on the forecast that you just approved. So the AI helps you in the, in the analysis and the production and allows you then to focus on communicating, which is what you do the best. I'm looking I, forward to that day. I think I could come in at four o'clock when that happens. I think it could. <laughs> or the robots can do it for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's another thing. So hologram. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I did a, I, like I said, I've been playing around with this. So there's a couple of, of uh, AI sites out there, websites now, where you can create an avatar. You can actually create your own avatar. So imagine, Scott, mm -hmm. you're on TV. Or Jeff, you're doing a press conference, okay? You're in the middle of the press conference telling everybody about the rising water and suddenly one of the bayous goes out of its banks or suddenly there's a tornado warning, Scott, and you're you're busy on TV. Jeff, you're over here doing the press conference. Your AI, your avatar could be putting that content out on... <laughs> Jeff's rolling his eyes. Could I thought the robot was going to come kick me out of the way and talk for me. <laughs> no. no he's the doing AI your job on be, social media. Oh, uh, it could yeah. be a way because people respond to people. And so, yeah, I could put the text up and I could, I could put a graphic that says this bayou's coming up. But if I see a version of you saying, hey, we've got, you know, such and such a bayou is rising out of its banks. We got a, a warning in effect. Um at least until you get to the point where you can then continue that conversation. I, I think there's some, I don't know how it would look. I don't know how you, I think there has to be some way that we tell the viewer, hey, this is an AI uh, avatar that you're looking at, but I've got one on my website. It, it looks extremely realistic and you really? can actually, for 50 bucks, you can make one of yourself. Oh, actually, I, I I'm going to do that. Could I, could I have Jeff as my avatar? You can, you can. You, you, want can, to, you want to do my social media hits and I'll... You feed it five minutes of video. <laughs> you feed it five minutes of video and really? it creates an avatar for you. You're kidding. Wow. It's not perfect yet. <laughs> yeah. Yet. Yeah. But are, you, are you on chat? You okay. Let's, no, we need... No. We need let's I've, I've, we've talked about it and, you know, you know, obviously with government, where it's very... Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, You'll be the last to do it. Well... <laughs> true but there there's just there's something that um that can that can be concerning in some in some areas when it comes to plagiarism and oh there's a lot of concern and, and, I, i'm and yeah. stuff like that you know and obviously <clears throat> certain people have a little bit more leeway with stuff than than other groups and agencies and and i just i i, I it's it's kind of like when social media started you know, because I, 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 I knew what the world was like before that. And, you know, right. everybody kind of kind of waded into that and there wasn't a lot of policy. And then it was like, oh, we got to put policy on this and what people and how can right. we approve mm -hmm. and da, 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 da. It's so powerful. And now it's kind of like, well, whatever with social media, it's got we got AI and chat GPT. You know, we can we can do all kinds of things. I mean, we well, can do presentations. Just imagine, Jeff, you wake up one morning. There have been thunderstorms <laughs> all night long. And you turn on your TV and there's your avatar issuing a weather alert day. To yourself. Blow your mind. Oh, yeah. that would be yeah. perfect for Jeff. Yeah. And I've been sleeping eight hours. <laughs> I'm well rested. I like this. Uh, Nobody will know what to believe anymore. Tim, you got a, you got a little sample video you can pull up? Do, do a quick share screen? Screen share? Do I have? Of your of, of, uh, avatar, yeah. Tim? Yeah. Hold on a second. Oh, here it is. Hello, <laughs> weather. I was like, that's you? 
So, hey Tim, are this, we really way, interviewing you tonight? This is my this is my artist rendering conceptual yeah. artwork of the weather workstation of the future in the middle of this page that I created based on this fantasy idea I have of AI helping us do all of our work. Um, but here is uh, this is an avatar. The fork. What I did here is I took weather data, fed mm -hmm. it into Chat GPT, and said, "Convert this weather data into a conversational forecast for Houston, Texas." And then I took the first paragraph of that and put it into this Colossian creator. And so what you're seeing is a forecast that was developed by AI, delivered by AI. Get ready for a sizzling week ahead in Houston. Tonight, the skies will be mostly clear and the temperatures won't give you much relief, hovering around 81 degrees. While this kind of weather is typical for Houston this time of year, it's still no joke. Remember to stay safe, keep hydrated, and find ways to beat the heat. Whether you're out in Midtown or downtown, make sure to take care of yourselves and each other. So I didn't feed it the Midtown. Mm. It came up with it came up with the local terminology on its own. Really? Um, you do notice that I did have a you're I did add some text in there. It said generated entirely by artificial mm. intelligence because oh, yeah. I wanted mm. some kind of disclaimer. Uh, Shell Winkley, who's a chief meteorologist up at KBTX mm -hmm. in Bryan College Station. Mm -hmm. has been playing with 11 labs and audio enhance. And so he sent me an AI generated voice matched audio track. that sounds just like shell. Hey Zach, thanks for checking the weather today. It is another scorcher. High is slated at 104. The record is 106. The national weather service has issued yet another heat advisory. Be sure to drink water, stay hydrated and take care in this excessive summer heat. So he wrote the script, but sent it over to, uh, 11 labs and 11 labs took his voice and created the audio track from that. I'm, I think we need to have, we need to set a date, come back and have a discussion either a year from now or 18 months from now and talk about this again. Cause I'm, I can't wait to see how this develops. I'm, I just, I think it's, listen, I, I was, I had a wait and see approach regarding artificial intelligence until I realized that my Microsoft, uh, Office was going to have a, a AI component called Copilot. Canva, which I use to create graphics, has an AI component. AI is now part of almost every piece of little software that I use on a daily basis, including I've got at the bottom of my uh, my Zoom meeting window here. I'm sure you do too. It says AI Companion. There's an AI component to Zoom now that you can actually use. I haven't oh, played yeah, with it yet. Oh yeah, that's new. Uh, so it's yeah, it's in it's yeah. in everything, yeah. and we can take a wait and see approach. Or we can be proactive and figure out how the how to use it as a tool that benefits our us and yeah. our profession. And I I prefer the latter. I prefer to be on the front edge of it, thinking about how can I make how can I use this technology to help me help other people. Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Jeff? You like AI? My my, <laughs> my head hurts. <laughs> There's only so much that I, I can stuff in this up here. We better wrap and, uh, this podcast. I think, you know, I think Jeff's, you know, I, I just, he's on I, empty. I don't know. Y'all thrown a lot at me this, you know, the weather alert days and now AI and robots and yeah, we'll <laughs> wait till the what, next podcast. What was that thing called? Uh, what did you call that? Uh, it's not a hologram. What'd you call it? Avatar. 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 An avatar. Yeah. yeah. yeah Personal avatar. I don't know. That's, I like well, it. I got, I got one final question for you, Tim. Okay. We, we usually ask most of our guests this and. What what's your most memorable weather event? Oh, that's easy. Harvey. Oh, I thought you were going to say the winter storm or something. 
No, 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 no. Harvey, definitely. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, I was recently talking with somebody about this and, and like every place that I've worked, there's always been like a signature storm, like the the Fort Worth tornado when I was working in Dallas, the Fort Worth, the one in 2000. Um, you know, Harvey was, you know, I had been thinking about getting out of TV for a while. And I can tell you that in the middle of Harvey, I was like, okay, this is it. I'm done after this. I don't want to go through <laughs> this again. I, I felt really good about our coverage. I felt good about the team teamwork. Um, and I just, I'm like, you know, this is a, this is a big exclamation point on a 35 year career. This is time to let somebody else take over. Um, and I had this idea of, of, of starting my own coaching company for a while. And I thought, you know, th- uh, the stars are aligned and, uh, and now is the time to go, but yeah, Harvey definitely was the most memorable, um, and of in that storm, I mean, there were the the visual thing that still shocks me every time I see the video is the video, and I think it's, I think it's the West Side where there's the, everybody is like Ted Oberg was the reporter was on the scene, and all these people. It was like a zombie apocalypse. It was like watching you know The Walking Dead, and they were coming, and they were all chest deep in water, and their kids were on their shoulders, and they're waiting because they're coming out of their neighborhoods to this road and trying to seek higher ground, and it just and they just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming, and for hours we saw these people, and I can and I I got chills coming up my back right now, and I like this is just un. Believe, you know, I just couldn't fathom that that was going to happen. And the other moment that stands out for me, because I was on the air at the time and we started to get, and this was the first wave of flooding. So this would have been the Saturday night. And we were starting to get pictures of people in their attics, looking down through the hole of their attic at the water that was already halfway up the wall in their home. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you can remember, Jeff, if it was through uh, NWS chat, or somehow we got a message from Harris County saying, tell people not to go in their attics because we don't know how high the water will get. We don't know. We don't want them to get stuck there. You know, we don't know how, you know, how many days the water is going to be high. And, you know, and I can remember, and, and again, I don't know if this was through text or how that information got communicated to us, but I said, you know, what are we supposed to tell them? You know, and because, the water's rising in their house. And the response was, tell them they need to get on the roof. And I yeah. thought, I'm like, yeah. Oh no, my God. I, I remember tell- it was on, it was on chat. I remember it vividly, okay, yeah. vividly because I, I'm the one who put it on, on chat. And I remember going and talking to our uh, fire department guys in the EOC. And I said, this is what's happening. What is your recommendation? And based on Katrina, yeah. Uh, the recommendation was do not go in your attic, get on, you know, get on your roof. You're, you're not going to be comfortable, but. Because it's pouring down rain, by the way, pouring and, down rain, and lightning and windy. The other situation is you may drown in your attic. Right. I mean, those are the discussions that were had. That was not. Oh, yeah. We, we had to put that in nice language and send it out. Um, well, I can but, remember saying, I can remember saying in the air, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how to tell you this, except that this is the recommendation and it makes sense. Uh, but don't go in your attic. You have to go on the roof if the water is getting too high. And, you know, that's one of those cases where like, how do you say that to people? Um, it, 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 if you have any ounce of empathy in your body, that affects you, you know, um, putting yourself in, in people's situation where they're that, where the, it's that helpless that they have to get up in their attic and you're, you're telling them you need to get out, swim through the water, 
go outside and get on your roof in the pouring rain, thunder and lightning. And oh, by the way, we have tornado warnings in effect. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just was such an absurd moment for me that I'll never forget. Even oh somebody God. in great shape, that's a difficult task, but oh, well, yeah. you know, so many people aren't. Uh, I agree with that. I, I don't know how you say it other than you just say it, but to say it with compassion and right. empathy and those type of things, that's that is a tough one. Well, we, I, got a question. I got a question for you, Jeff. Yes, sir. So looking at that storm and talking about that moment when we had flash flood warnings and tornado warnings being issued for the same area simultaneously, common uh, recommendation is a tornado warning, you go to the lowest level. Can't do that if it's flooded. Mm-hmm. And I know that, and I left and I got off the air in 2019, so early, to, actually the end of 2018, early 2019. And so I remember there was discussions about that it was there's a communication problem there. What was ever, it was ever discussed again. Like, what do we do if that situation happens again? What do we say? Yeah. The the gist of it is that we will take the primary threat and warn on that. So the the, the message is going to go with the primary threat at the time. So if, if flooding is, is trumping the two second tornado vorticity on the radar, that's being warned on, we're going to message the flood threat. And we're going to yeah. continue the flood threat message. And, and we're sort of seeing some of this with storm surge now. Um, Evans and I were over in, after Hurricane Ian doing some of the s- surveys in southwest Florida. And, you know, we've always told people you don't go up vertically because the wind increases with height. So you need to, you know, evacuate or, or stay low. But, you know, if, if, if a lot of those people would have just went up a floor, they would have mm-hmm. survived. That's all they had to do was get up 10 feet, 12 feet off the sand Um, and so I think, I think we're starting to see some of that, you know, when you're in a multi-threat situation, what is the, what is probably going to result in fatalities and deaths? And in Mm -hmm. in most cases, it's the water. It's it's not the wind. It's not the tornado, you know, and and the situation here that we face, um, it's the water, fresh water, seawater. It's right. That's what's going to get you. But boy, when you were talking about some of that stuff, (laughs) it was bringing back a lot of. A lot yeah. of memories of that night. <clears throat> it, and, you know, it's, it, I'm sorry, I was, just, it, I was just rehashing that moment, you know, that where we've got these multiple warnings in effect. I can remember there was a point where I went off microphone, went to the bathroom, got fresh coffee or whatever, and just kind of stood in the back of the studio and watched a little bit of our coverage. And and this was one of those times where we had the tornado warnings and the, the flash flood warnings going simultaneously. And and I can remember walking over to the weather center and I don't remember who was on at that working with me at the time, but I said, okay, at this point, we just need to get people through this night. You know, we just, let's tone down the tornado warnings because these things are spinning up right. and, and, you know, right. the, right. the threat here is, is just the, is the water and right. we just need to get people through the night and let's, you know, d- let's change the tone just a little bit. Let's rat, bring it back down a little bit because, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it again, it gets back to it's how you deliver that message is important too. Yeah, I, I remember when when we were hearing from the first responders, the radio traffic, and and also the nine one one call because nine one one was beyond oh. inundated. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of mm. calls were in queue that couldn't be answered, and you know, some of us were just we have there's a lot of fatalities. Mm-hmm. There, there is, I mean, mm-hmm. we really thought this, this was, this was going to be really, really, really bad. I mean, we thought we had people 
drowning in their in their homes, trapped in their attics. Um, and you want to talk about like just completely hopeless. We could not do anything. I mean, we had every resource available to us deployed. Mm. I mean, everything, boats, high water vehicles, aircraft were more questionable. This was the weather was so bad and it was night. But I mean, if you think about the thousands and thousands and thousands, and this was just the first night, this was right. just the first six yeah. hours, yeah. Saturday night, we yeah. had deployed every available rescue asset we had. Um, and then they went on for what, three, four days. Yeah. Um, and you want to talk about a helpless feeling when it comes to law enforcement and fire, when they can't move. I mean, they could not move. And we were very concerned we were going to lose, obviously, first responders. And we did lose one HPD officer. Um, and it's just when you hear it, it's just it's just chilling the radio traffic. The Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, we should come back and talk about <laughs> something else another time. <laughs> What's uh, you know, how do you exit that topic? Well, would that have required a weather alert? Do you think? <laughs> Gosh, there we go. There we go. Circle back. <laughs> Circle back to weather alerts. Well, you know, it's good just, job, Tim. Thank you for getting us out of this. It's the same thing I've always said about the emergency, right? The tornado emergency, the flash flood emergency. Hmm. You know, when is it going to get to the point where it gets overused too many times, and we're going to have what's what's the next what's the next big word you're going to tack on to make it worse than the emergency? Mm-hmm. You know, because it used to be, you know, tornado warning, flash flood warning. Well, now you got the emergency. That's the next step. Well, what's the next step after that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Another hyperbole of some sort. Luckily, we haven't had any in a while. That's true. We really haven't. We've been, but we will have been, them again. We've been fortunate. We have not had a flash flood emergency since, uh, gosh, I think it's Imelda, 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. About when Tim retired, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. As the weather got so much better after correlation. Good stuff. He got off the TV and, (laughs) you know, we started having winter storms and things. Got rid of the floods. (laughs) My goodness, Kim. Tim, we have uh, uh, overstayed our welcome. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. That was a lot of fun. I hope hope you enjoyed it as well. I did. I love talking about weather, especially because I, I, I can do it and I don't have to do it in two and a half minutes, right? <laughs> right, right. Well, we certainly uh, surpassed that. I think we're about an hour and 20 into this, but um, no, that was a lot of fun. Really appreciate it. Um, great talking with you, Jeff. Any final thoughts? No, questions th- for Tim. No, thank you, sir. And uh, yeah, abs- you know, just a, this is a standing invitation for you to, to come on anytime. Talk about whatever you want. Yeah. Bring your avatars. And your robots and well, we got them booked for twelve to eighteen months to come back and talk about AI. Yeah. So after after the after the third call, I start charging. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, if we can get some sponsors, we'll pay you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, enjoy your vacation, sir. We'll see you on the happy holidays to you. Yes. Have a good one. Have a great holiday, Tim. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye.